All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of Temple Who Podcast. I am your co-host, Coach Maples here as always with Jordan and Kings. Kings, my boy, what is going on? Going good, man. Shoot. We just got through a battle with, with the Nuggets. <laughs> praying, praying for a cat 40, 40 ball, man. We need it to get out of Denver, man. That home court for Denver is crucial. It's crucial. Very, very good. Jordan, what's going on, my guy? We're here, man. Oilers with the W tonight. We're good. Uh, you know, my NHL picks are looking a lot better in NBA, so that's where <laughs> we're at right now. <laughs> All right, let's go right in with that. Uh, because you have an interesting pick for tomorrow's game in this series. Yep. Memphis and the Lakers. Lakers after stealing one at Memphis in game one, come back one again in game three to go up two one, one eleven, one oh one. Uh Anthony Davis thirty one and seventeen. LeBron twenty five nine and five. Um, on the Grizzly side, kudos to John Morant, 45-13-9 with a messed up hand. Uh, Jaron Jackson, foul trouble, turnover, probably one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. Um, didn't have it. Uh, Dylan Brooks talked a lot, didn't back it up, hit LeBron in the nuts second quarter, was done for the game, did not get suspended, much to the happiness of uh, Laker Nation due to his production this series. Uh, start around the horn, man. Kings, uh, what do you think about this series uh, after game three? Lakers in control, like they have been since yep. game one. Um, they're just, they're just in control of the series. Um, you know, Bron's kind of not having pushing it. I mean, he hasn't had to really. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where whole different series if if uh Adams and Clark is there, those Bron at the five minutes would be a lot worse. If those two were there, um, there would be a lot more to be concerned about because you'd have to play Bamba, uh, and that size advantage goes away. But in a long series, when you have the size advantage like the Lakers do, when you know you have the uh, the you have the better players, like the Lakers have the two best players in the series, bro. Like, it's just the and the war and the Grizzlies are missing two guys who would have helped slow down said players, like. That's just too much to overcome, bro. Like you, you just can't overcome that, right? And, and the fact is, Dylan Brooks actively shoots them out of their game sometimes. <laughs> so I say sometimes to be generous, but it's just a too much going for them. Thirteen um, for forty for the series. Continue. Thirteen for forty. For yeah, the thirteen series. for forty. I mean, guys like Dennis have, and like you know, obviously Malik, he's been streaky. He can prone to go off, but guys like Dennis, for example. He hasn't even got it going really offensively. I mean, credit to the to, to Grizzlies' length at the rim, but you know, even some some of the Lakers guys could even play better and use some of that home court advantage. TBJ Malik, you know, they come out and hit seven threes. If Malik comes out and hit seven threes next game. You know, that's a blowout. You know what I'm saying? And that's always <laughs> that's always a possibility. You know, and that's why he gets missed. That's always a possibility. So it's like the Lakers are really just in control. You haven't even had that vintage LeBron game yet. You know what I'm saying? It's just I think the Grizzlies will make the next game tough. Um, you know, I don't think they should, you know, I think they should be, I think they should have some type of level of confidence after the game three that they were able to battle from being back down for so much. Uh, seeing how John moved and played off the hand. I think that I think they should have confidence going to game four. But ultimately, bro, I mean, bro, it, it's like, it's like the King, it's like the King series. And I said, bro, the Sacramento Kings are not beating Stephen Curry like, if the legs are healthy, the Grizzlies are not being LeBron James. Like, I'm sorry. That's not happening. Bro. It's not yeah, happening. I think you raised a, a really good point. One, the the front 
court, uh, just the, having a thin front court has given the Lakers so much more versatility lineup wise. I think that's hurt the Grizzlies. Also, what uh, I'm not I'm not surprised at all by Dylan Brooks. He does this every year in the playoffs. Is this offense is going to tank? The team's uh, key on him more. I'm really surprised Desmond Bain has been this bad. You know, he's taking a big step forward with his ball handling and shooting. Just what do you think has been his issue this series? Um, Lakers have probably been keying on him more. I think the underrated part of Dennis's defense is his ability to chase shooters around. He has high fatigue. So uh, what what do you think about the the Desmond Bain uh, performance three games in? It hasn't been good. I mean, that's the thing. Is Dennis has a great ability to chase. I mean, we saw it in the regular season, right, when he held Bain's. He had he had a Bain had a horrible game when he was matched with Dennis. Um, and that's kind of what you've seen Ham use that that Dennis a type of ability of. I remember I I know I pointed out game one. I knew Ham was serious when he put Vando on Tyus and then he put uh, Dennis on uh, uh, Luke. You know, I mean, any three point guy we need to chase. Dennis kind of feels it's crazy. Dennis feels that point of attack role, and he feels that KCP chaser role at the well. He's so fast with his feet. And he's and he, he's a competitor. He has a lot of heart. So it, it it takes those type of guys out of the game um, because they're you know a lot of guys aren't don't like running. You know what I mean? They don't like running. They don't know how to navigate screens even if they can run. And Dennis is really good at navigating screens. He's quick. He has great foot speed. So even when you catch the ball, it's hard to beat him off the dribble. So you know, I mean, people like you know Laker fans. It's, it's just annoying. People complain about. <laughs> players get meaning, but it's like you understand team roles. It's not a shocker, or like you know, what I mean, like if, if you don't have dance, if you had if you had to play Lonnie Walker, this is two one Memphis. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that's, and that might be that might be me just being respectful. You know what I'm saying? So you, people have to value the little things uh, like that. So uh, it, that's really what's hurting Bane, man. He, he's having guys who can chase him, whether it be Dennis. You know, even Reeves. Reeves is not fast, but Reeves is disciplined, and he's and he's smart, and you know what I mean. And he, he knows where to be position wise. So having those guys chase him, and then even D'Lo, even though D'Lo's not the fastest, he has a lot of length, and he is D'Lo's kind of crafty. Uh, right. You know, he, when he when you when he's trying to contest, he does he he does a good job of just moving his arms and getting staying big and and being big to just not give you a clean look. So the Lakers have a lot good guard movement. Is hurting Bane, but that point of attack, really, outside of Dennis, there's not much of a threat at the point of attack, which is why Jod is able to do what he do, right. even Tyus to a certain extent. Right. Uh, Jordan, your take on this series in game three and uh, just moving forward. Yeah, I mean, we all expected the Lakers to come out the way they did, especially after, you know, everything I was said with Dylan Brooks, right? And, like, that was the dumbest thing ever. Like, you just – you don't poke the bear, dude. You know, it's just something that is uh, – you just, bro. You don't go up to a Hall of Famer and, and say like, "I don't respect you till you drop forty. Like that was like, that was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Like, I, I respect the competitiveness and stuff, but you just you don't say that, dude. You know what I mean? And uh, it it worked for the Lakers, but the one thing I have an issue with the Lakers is that this isn't just this game; it's all year, dude. They get complacent, and once they get complacent, yeah. they they lose. Like game two, they played complacent the entire game. In the Grizzlies one, and then for games, uh, game three quarters two through four, like they were up thirty six to nine and ended up only winning one hundred two to ninety two. They gave up eighty one points in the or I'm sorry eighty three points in the final three quarters. 
I think that gave the Memphis Grizzlies a lot of momentum coming into this game because they're like, they were dead in the water, dude. They should not have been in that game at all. That should have been an absolute blowout. The Lakers should have put their foot on the Grizzlies' neck and taken them out and, and made a statement. But instead, they let them get confidence, and they let them get in the game. And John Morant scored 22 straight points, which is absolutely incredible. And now Ja is probably – they can't guard me. It was kind of like what we saw with De'Aaron Fox today against Golden State. Like, he finally realized – Well, guard me. Well, I'll say this. I mean, my rebuttal to that is NBA games are long. 48 minutes, so you get up that early. You've seen a lot of times where teams jump out early and teams make it close late. Also, I think me and Kings before the series was like, they're going to have an issue with Ja off the dribble like 29 other teams do. <laughs> that's, that's uh, He's that special off the bounce. So I, I would take it as a game-to-game situation. I think the Lakers are out for the kill. The Dylan Brooks thing, I think he just leads in the character. I think his in-game is he wanted Brown to make it a one-on-one game and try to take him out that way, but oh, Brown just wasn't good. going for it. I think that's what Dylan Brooks' angle was. But Brown is obviously too smart for that. I mean, you know, Dylan Brooks is nothing compared to the the Lance Stevenson uh, antics. So (laughs) I'm sure Brown wasn't moved. Lance Stevenson was literally blown in his face in the middle of a game. So, I mean. (laughs) You don't disrespect. I mean, I hear it, but I just I don't I don't think Brown was moved by that. And he's, like, said that much as such. He went up and said something to him before the game, and that was that. So. It is what it is. The Dylan Brooks made it worse. I think he lost his credibility when after he lost, nah, I'm not going to talk. At least to think about Draymond. Whenever Draymond getting anything, he going to never, never you know, Draymond is 10 tones. He, he, but he don't matter. He that's, him that's out. what I'm saying. Yeah. He's coming back. Same thing. He almost got yeah. tossed out this game. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was like, it's, 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 it's really levels to the goal stuff. Brooks, you're not there yet. Um, what are you, just real quick, predictions for game four? I got the Lakers going up 3-1. Uh, Jordan, I like the Grizzlies to win, man. I think they're gonna Ooh. go back to Memphis 2 2. I, uh, I honestly I think they gave him confidence, man. And like we kind of saw the same thing with the Bucks and, and Heat in game two. Bucks were up 30 and they kind of let uh Duncan Robinson cook in the in garbage time and they gave him so much confidence going into game three. And then game three, he goes off again. Like you just you can't give guys confidence, man. I'll say this so my thing about game two was. The Jared Jackson AD matchup is two one, AD, and that's kind of where the game is. If AD approaches the game at a certain level, or Jared Jackson just can't beat him there. Yeah, but we that's my that's that. my that was just the one game in game two where for some reason AD wasn't engaged all the way. But if AD reaches a certain level and comes out into his peak game, and Jared Jackson plays his best game, AD is still levels ahead, and that's you know, that's kind of how I feel about that situation. Like how AD approaches the game means a lot. Um, Kings, who you got game in game four? I got the Lakers, man. I, I get the confidence stuff, all that, but LeBron James, bro, they said the same thing about the Indiana Pacers 2018. They said the same thing about the Boston Celtics that same year. They said the same <laughs> thing about the Rockets, the, the, the Blazers, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, the next game comes, LeBron James, if he feels things getting out of whack, he's going to take the ball, walk it up the court, and you're going to say, win it, beat us in the half-court game. That's what's going to happen. So all that momentum, all that stuff don't mean nothing. If you can't execute in the half court, you're not winning. Like, it's just that simple. And we know Memphis can't win in the half court. 3-1 Lakers. That's all I got. There we go. Let's move on up about uh, 350, 400 miles up Highway 5. Uh, San Francisco. Golden State Warriors barely tied the series against Sacramento. 2-2. De'Aaron Fox goes crazy. 
uh, late fourth quarter. Couldn't quite. Uh, got doubled, got trapped on the game winning play. Kicked to Harrison Barnes. Got a very sexy look. Back rim. Classic game. We got some very, very bozo performances from a couple Hall of Famers uh, or a Hall of Famer. Steph Curry, who was a Chris Webber against <laughs> to call timeout with none yeah. left. Gives him a free throw. Uh, then with chance to eke out the clock, the clock's at 28. Steph goes with like 12 seconds left, throws up some nonsense, give the Kings a full 10 seconds, just down one instead of killing the clock. They got a great look. Harrison Barnes uh, can't knock it down. 2-2. Two, two. It's a best of three now. Sack has two games at home if needed. Uh, just my thoughts on this series. Just one. I just want to get this out. I, I said before the playoffs, I'm staying on it. De'Aaron Fox is first team all NBA. I'm going to sure. stand on that. If he's not, we riot. That's the main thing. Secondly, um, <laughs> Sabonis and Herter, man, like Sack is up 3-1 if they get anything from those. They're not getting anything of – those are two big contributors from them throughout the season. They're getting nothing from them, and the series is still tied 2-2. So I'm not saying I'm confident because I think Draymond has a lot to do with the way Sabonis is struggling, but uh, Herter is missing a lot of wide-open shots. That's the like, – you worry about it, the moment's too big for him. On uh, the other end, Steph is having a crazy series, as expected. Kings don't have a great defense. He's averaging 30 a game on like 49, 42, 90 splits. So he's just they haven't been able to do much with him when he's on the floor. Um, other note, Draymond and Kerr decide to bring Draymond off the bench. They met and decided to come off the bench and not mess up what was flowing. Uh, Draymond embraced it. It's up. He actually took 14 shots, which I'm shocked. Uh, he was only three for 14, but he took 14 shots. Uh, 12 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, but the big thing is continues to make Sabonis obsolete, which is a big part of what the Kings do. Um, I'll go to you, Jordan, this time. Your thoughts on this series uh, as it goes into a best of three, 2-2. Two, two. Uh, what, what do you see? Who you got going forward? Yeah, I mean, I like the Kings in this series just because they had home court advantage, and I said, like, I thought the home team was going to win every game in this series. Like, yeah. Kings, Kings held serve. Warriors held serve like this game is this series has gone exactly as anticipated in my opinion. Um, so now this this series was always can the Warriors win a road game and I I just don't yeah. know can you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> and you're absolutely right, dude. Sabonis isn't playing good and this series is still tied. You know, exactly, Keith yeah. wasn't playing good the first three games. He kind of busted out of his shell today. Um, the thing with Kevin Herter is like we saw in the three point contest like he doesn't really perform under the lights, man. Like. He shot worse than he was the worst three point competitor out there. Um, and with that being said, like Davion Mitchell's kind of outplayed him too. You know what I mean? And he's kind of, I know Steph's going off and, and Steph's a Hall of Famer, dude. He's going to go off against anybody. That's just what he's going to do. But Davion's making him work for it, dude. Like he's running with him. He's running. He's playing physical with him. Um, and I think that's, I think that's really kind of sparked the Kings. Game three, we kind of saw them come out, and I thought they were a little shell shocked by the by the hostility of the crowd. I think the crowd kind of took them out of it really early, um, because of their inexperience, right? And then right. game four, you know, Darren Fox was kind of like, okay, this is nothing normal. Like, I mean, this is normal, and and these guys can't guard me. And Darren Fox kind of took the game over and and did what he does. Um, I do think that it's going to be important though. The Kings have to; they got to knock down these open shots, man. Because man, they're missing so many open threes, bro. Yes, a bro. lot of open shots and. On top of that, like I feel like the Kings are playing better defense as a team than the Warriors. They're making the Warriors get 
shoot tougher shots, right? But the Kings are missing a lot of open shots. And I think that's the biggest difference here. They probably should have won today. And I know it took like a meltdown from the from the Warriors, but uh yeah, I, I like think like yeah, like to your point, everything you said, just some numbers here. I mean, you got let's see, fifty eight, you got you know eighty points between, you know, Poole, Clay, and Steph. You know, so you withstand that flurry and still have a chance to win at the end. You just you gotta get something from Herder and, and Sabonis, like you said. I mean, that they, they didn't they didn't turn the ball over on the road, only had ten turnovers for the whole game. I mean, they played a solid game. A couple of bad things down the stretch, but they played a solid game. They just couldn't get that last play at the end. Uh, Harrison Barnes, Warrior fans still traumatized from the last three games in the 2016 finals. Uh, they had definitely had a laugh at that. Uh, Kings, uh, things that you've seen this far in this series and kind of what you expect going forward. Uh, I mean, you said Herder don't like the lights, but I want to remind you all, game seven against Philly. Herder, <laughs> 27 points. Big twenty seven help close them out, you know. That's against, though, man. Against your against your Bucks, man. Game, you know. You remember that game, <laughs> Bucks, man. Game four, that win, no trade. Big game by him too. Big fifteen. So, Porter's been there, man. He's he's, fifteen, he's said big fifteen. Big 15. <laughs> oh, if you if could give the Kings fifteen, they would have won today. Exactly. That, that's my point. That's my point, right? I said big fifteen. If if he gives them fifteen on good efficiency, that's a W. So that's what I'm saying. Like Porter, you know what I'm saying? He's been there. Uh, he's been there. He's played in big games, and he's. He, I have faith in him. Hit hit hitting hitting shots, big shots, more than I have than Sabonis. Sabonis is. I think he um I get why Mike Brown has to play him, but he's unplayable pretty much, honestly. Like the, the Lynn minutes have been better, honestly. Alex Lynn has Lynn been, have been <laughs> much better. So I mean, he's pretty much unplayable, but I get Mike Brown, he's doing a great job coaching, saying all the right things, making sure everybody's engaged, you know, playing guys how, how he needs to play them. Uh he's done, he's just done a hell of a job. Um he's out coach, he's out coached Kerr, I think, in my opinion. Uh, you know, just certain things just haven't gone the Kings' way. I mean, again, that look for, for Harrison, that's a clean look. I mean, he hits it. It's a whole different – I mean, you know what I mean? There's a whole different – we have a whole different narrative. So Back to the so, Warriors. The, the Warriors win this series. The Kings look back. But we were up 3-1 up. One wide, we were wide, wide, one wide of a jumper you know, away. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's it's one of those. So it's like – I, I, I think the Kings are young enough to where that's not going to bother them. And they feed so much off the home crowd, so much off the energy, so much of the, off the, you know, light the beam. Like, that stuff, they really feed off that. Like, that's really their identity. They really, it really energizes them. Like, a lot of Warriors fans saying six. I said six or seven. And the reason why, and now I'm going to seven because, man, there's no, I just know I can see the Kings lose game five, bro. Uh, Monk, I just think Monk and Hoarder will have big, big games. I think Monk, Porter, uh, Fox all go for 20-plus. I think you'll see Murray keep up his scoring, get into the teens. I think Sabonis will give you double digits. You'll get some contributors from other players here and there, Lyles, Lynn. I just think the Kings will answer. I mean, they, you saw it this game, bro. It's like Warriors were throwing some kill shots, man. I mean, Clay, Curry were throwing some shots, and the – Kings came back every single time. Like they are not phased yeah. by yeah. the offense. They are not phased. So I'm like, I, I look at them like, bro, I can't pick against them in, in sack right now. 
Like in the seven game series, in a game seven, you 30 unanimous strength in numbers. I pick them in a play flip. <laughs> but this game five, I'm not picking. I'm not picking them, bro. I can't do it. Yeah, I just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, the fact that was Steph doing that bowl has tough at the end of the game was wild to me. They escaped, but who we? <laughs> Yeah. And the thing is, Paul is still not good. That, 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 I don't think people understand. Like he has some tough layups. I'll give him credit. He has some tough layups. Took some shots. His some defense layups, reeks, he, bro. His defense reeks, bro. And he makes some terrible decisions, bro. Like it's like it's just like what are you doing? And it's like if he's doing that at home, there's no way he's gonna play any better than what he could have played these past two games at sack on game five. It's not happening, bro. It's not happening. So, you know what I mean, like it's just not happening. All right, so real quick, Jordan, Jordan likes the Kings. Yep, I like Warriors and seven. Kings likes Warriors and seven. Real quick, I know, I know, we like have mixed feelings about plus minus. Like we can debate that stat to hell and high water, right? But Sabonis and Harrison Barnes had the worst plus minus in this entire series of both teams. Well, the Sabonis team matches the eye test. I, I got to pay more attention to Barnes. Barnes, he just I think Barnes is twenty two percent from three for the series. He's just He's just not a big moment player. It just is what it is. Some guys step he up. He also plays a lot of his minutes with Sabonis too. That's yeah. I mean. So yeah, Sabonis is just he just Draymond's just you got, you got an all time defender and Sabonis weaknesses feet right in the gray, right in the Draymond strengths. Doesn't like physicality. He's not faster than Draymond, and he's not a three point shooter. So his physic his his any impact he would have would come off posting up or trying to beat Draymond off fundamentals, and we've seen. Yeah, it just doesn't happen with Draymond. He's too great of a defender. So I think it's just a rough matchup, and he's got to try to survive and uh, see how that goes. Um, There's only one guy that puts Draymond in the blender, and that's 34 in Milwaukee. <laughs> Siakam, did, Siakam did it once. <laughs> Siakam gave some hell, too. Yeah. He, he did. As but, yeah, other than Siakam and uh, – it's, it's really the athletic force. So, yeah, yeah, I'm saying the athletic force. Yeah. The Giannis is – those guys, the the Zions, those guys were just like physical freaks and explosive at the four position. Man, they give Draymond fits, bro. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, that's 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 basically what it is. Um, moving out east, the the most shocking series for me. I kind of want to talk about this to you guys, see what you guys think. Um, what's crazy is I, I got to tip my hat to Kings, even when it was going good for the Cleveland Cavaliers all season. He was telling telling us all year that two big stuff was not going to fly because they couldn't shoot. And, it, and I got to give it to him. It's biting them in the ass right now. Um, they fall again, go down 3-1 to the Knicks, lose both games in New York. Uh, man, this <laughs> Mitchell 5 for 18, LeVert 4 for 10. Garland was good, 9 for 16, 23-10. Um, what's crazy about me, me is I, I think a lot of people underestimate strength. For for big fellas like guys to be wide, but wiry and strong. Until you're this, Jared Allen, forty minutes, four rebounds. Mobley, thirty five minutes, seven rebounds. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, eleven. Uh, Toppin, eight. Hardenstein, eight. Josh Hart, seven. I mean, they're just getting their behind kicked on, on the glass, and I think that's a key stat when a game is being played this close because the possessions come that much more valuable. Yep. So when you can't dominate the glass. That's where things get out of your favor. Bunch has been special. Um, Julius Randle, my agenda's in the mud, throwing up all over himself. Another time in the playoffs is hurting. 
but he may have another shot in another series. So we'll see what happens. Just man, uh, other thing, I know we've been hard on Luca on this pod, and I'm saying it again. Please don't ever tell me he's never had help. Because I'm looking at Jalen Brunson. <laughs> this is a special player. What you doing in the playoffs? And he's doing it at Madison Square Garden. Loki, the biggest stage in the league. Putting on a show. I guess an elite defensive team. Mind you, killing him at all three levels. Uh, Kings. I see all of us really. We connoisseurs of, of, of old school basketball. What's the last point guard we saw with a post game like this, bro? Like the footwork in the post is elite. Like he, <laughs> Jay Kidd type post game. Yeah. Like back, back and down. But the it's Andre a, Miller's. Yeah, it's an odd matchup though. Is this not something you wait? Like he's a he's a a six one point guard with post moves, bro. Yep. <laughs> but uh, physical man. He's a physical guy. Right. The whole series is physical. I think that's what it makes it. They pretty much beaten up the the Cavaliers, in my opinion. That's like the yeah. the foundation. And that's the pro and that's the problem. Like if you're playing big, you can't lose a physicality battle, bro. Hello. And that's Hello. the issue that we have in Minnesota, bro. Like everybody talks bad about one of our bigs from the trade, but he's not the one who's playing soft. Like he's he he, <laughs> he, he battles in the trenches with Jokic, gets rebounds. Offensively and defensively, gets block shots and contest shots. He's not the one who's playing soft. So it's like you fast forward to, into the East and you go to the Cavaliers and you're looking. You have Jared Allen, you have Evan Mobley. It's like, why are you losing the physicality battle? Like they had to bench Julius Randle, and they still won because Man. Brunson is physical enough to beat two seven footers. Like, look. I love the big man. Saying <laughs> this, we're in a renaissance. The best players are big. I think big men oriented team are going to win the title. Like that's just, you know, if you look at the Lakers, I know they have Brown, but AD is going to be the reason they win this title. Like I think that's been established. If the Lakers win, AD is the reason they win. You obviously have Joker. You obviously have Embiid, puncher's chance. If you know Boston, if Boston loses to Milwaukee or or, or Embiid, that kind of just seals the deal for wings versus bigs going forward, in my opinion. But it's. But you know what I'm saying? It's like I, I get the big man thing, but you can't play two of them in this era, bro. Unless one of them is a and even if one of them is a shooter, like it, it's weird because you need one of them to shoot, and you need both of them to be physical, and you need one of them to guard perimeter players. Yeah. Like that has like you need that. One has to be able to guard perimeter players, one has to be able to shoot, and they both gotta be physical. Who has that in the NBA? Bucks, only the Bucks, only the Bucks, the Bucks are, and that's the only reason why they're the only team that can get away with it because they're the only one who could do all of those things with their two bigs. Nobody else can. So I'm like, you can't run that. You can't run that if you're not filling those categories. You cannot use two bigs and get away with it, bro. Like that's why I said they have to trade one. Everybody say, oh no, Evan Mobley, KG, and he scored twenty and ten before you talk about Kevin Garnett. Bro, please. Like, we're not even bringing up the passing. Like people forget Kevin Garnett could pass at a high level, but can he at least score twenty and ten before you bring up Kevin Garnett? Yeah, somebody was like, "Oh, well, he can't be Tim Duncan, Giannis. He can be Kevin Garnett." As if Giannis is head and shoulders above Kevin Garnett. Right. Like, 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 come, like, come on, bro. Like, like it's, Giannis come on. isn't head and shoulders above uh, above uh, Tim Duncan. 
You probably show about Timmy or KG. And you know, but you can't say that with no straight face, man. He's on his way, though. He's on his way, but you need more time. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Jordan. What do you what do you thought about this series so far? Well, first of all, as a USC guy, I will not accept any Evan Mobley slander. I told people he'd be the best in the draft. I still believe that, but they need to get rid of Allen, bro. They have to do it. I mean, yeah, I think the biggest issue is like I don't know if it's like the way that JB Bickerstaff coaches and like the schemes and stuff, but like Evan Mobley was a way better offensive player at USC than he is in the NBA which is, like, mind-boggling to me. I mean, he was a 40% three-point shooter at USC. He was a way – like, the offense ran through him. He would, he initiated offense. He was electric defensively, and it's like – we don't see any of that here. Like, I don't know I, – I just think – the terms of this, this series, I think Brunson has a huge advantage because Devin Mitchell and Darius Garland are both not good defenders. So he's going to kill yep. both of those guys. Yep. That's and, that, uh, that's that's the issue. Your two lead guards are great defenders, so the two bigs serve a purpose defensively. But and and, the, the other thing the Cavs is, dude, they get nothing from the wing too. That's another low key issue this year. They can't get anything from the wing. So that's, yep. that's the other thing. And on top of that too, like, um, Kings is hundred percent right with the bigs. Like they're not dominating the glass. They're getting bullied. They're getting pushed around. Like Jared Allen was out there just running cardio today, dude. Like he was useless. And this this series is over, man. Like, I think I definitely think they got to make a trade because I don't I don't see a way where they can get a productive three and D wing because if you play Mitchell and Garland, you have to have an elite three and D wing next to them. You have to. There's no way you can play around it. And I also think they kind of got to open up the offense and and kind of let Mobley because uh, right now their their offense is Garland and Mitchell just kind of like going one on one and chucking up shots. I, I've never liked. I've never liked Mitchell's game, dude. I think he's a chucker. He's I never thought he was that great. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Whenever oh, terrible, I disagree. I, disagree heavily. I've seen him have some big games in the ball. I, I, like I said, like everybody thought I was copping. Please, we had this discussion with Brandon Ingram. I was like, bro, talk about his efficiency, bro. He played in the worst spacing in the NBA. If you were yelling at him about his efficiency, Mitchell's been doing the same thing. He played at worst, some awful spacing. A defensive, t- a Tibbs led team is is um uh, is game planning around that. He got guys. It's like, hey, was you watch Utah too, though. If if, if you no, he was he in Utah. He was a fit. They had nobody else to create off, off the bounce outside of Conley. He was that was by by nature. But I'm telling you right now, Tibbs is like take away the step back threes, push up into them, and just have them drive amongst uh, when there's no space. Force them into tough twos. Yep. And that's what that they just they, they watch how they jam him so he can't get to that step back three he loves. He loves that step back. They won't let him get to it. It's it's, it's a game plan thing. You got got to give Tibbs his flowers uh, on this I mean, one. The the Knicks are severely Tibbs is severely out coaching bigger staff. I mean, you could clearly oh. see it. Yeah, it's, it's it, it, I, the experience thing is showing in the with Take the, it to the wish there, boy. <laughs> yeah, with the with the coaching and the players, the the experience is showing. Like Mitchell's been there before, but Garland. Uh, Mobley, a coral, like it's it's just you know, <laughs> it's definitely showing. Um, I was shocked. So the two things, the two things I'll say that I missed on, uh, I lowballed when I picked the Cavs and six. I lowballed Brunson's impact, which has been borderline superstarish. He's been the best player in the series. Do you guys agree or disagree? 
I agree. Yeah, and then uh, I did not know Josh Hart would have the impact he's had. Yeah, he's been incredible. Uh, probably the best, the best rebounding guard in the NBA. Every hustle play, he's there getting it. Uh, you saw that little sound bite. He telling Tibbs, "I can go to whole forty eight, which means he's gonna be a lifelong Nick." Now, all that's all Tibbs had to hear. He's like, <laughs> "You there? I don't care if you try to get Nikola Jokic. You are not trading Josh Hart." <laughs> you know, it, it's it's funny that him and Randall, seeing the success they have on the team, you know, those are two of the guys that. A lot of Laker fans don't like to bring up, you know, about the old core. You hear even Clarkson for whatever reason. I don't know why they bring him up, but you, you hear Clarkson, you hear the Kuzma still, you hear the Alonzo what ifs, but it's like you got guys like Josh Hart, you got guys like Randall putting logging in heavy minutes, impacting winning. Hart is a completely great winning player, can hit the open three. He's gonna be play hard nosed team defense, gonna rebound. He just does all the little things, and he does it at the guard spot, and he's a high IQ player. Um, that's that's just big. And Brunson, bro, is bashed. <laughs> <laughs> they kicking themselves, boy. Kicking well, both themselves. uh, both Brunson and Hart, they were coached by the best basketball coach in the history of basketball. Oh, yeah, this, this is this is this is yeah. You know, Jordan loves yeah. some Jay Wright. Go ahead, bro. I know you love some Jay Wright. Go ahead, bro. Dude, I mean, dude, like every player that's coached under Jay Wright, they like do all the little things right. They always do. Dante DiVincenzo does all the little things right. Uh, you know, like all these. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like you got to give them their flowers, man. And like Jalen Brunson is undersized, but, you know, he's figured out a way to be effective. And, you know, it's all Jay Wright's doing. No, not all G, right? But he's <laughs> I'm about to say you. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, though. So that that tree of of coaching and understanding what's important to what I get that. That, that, you know, that thing, all, all those guards you just named, what do they have in common? High IQ, physical, yeah, crash, ass, get in the paint, battle. Like that's if when you see players from the from a coaching system, coaching tree, have the same traits. That's that's coaching. That is coaching because he instills the same foundation to right, all these right. players. Yep. All right, let's stay in the East. Let's talk about uh let's talk about the Bucks. Oh, in the Heat. Um me and Kings were at odds a little bit. He said without Giannis, he got the Bucks winning anyway. Uh, I did not I, I you know, I know they were eleven and nine without Giannis or whatever this season. I just despised that team without I thought I think he is hiding some very shoddy uh Roster construction outside of the big. I think they have bigs that match, but I, I don't love their athleticism outside of Giannis, and that's definitely showing in this series. Um, he go up 2-1. Jimmy goes crazy. Jimmy may also be hurt. We'll see what happens. Um, they blow out the heat. They blow out the Bucks the last game. Duncan Robinson goes crazy. We haven't seen that in a minute. Uh, Jordan, we'll start with you. Uh, what have you seen in this series? What have you seen? What do you see moving forward? What do you want to see moving forward? Uh, are you nervous at all about this uh, being over in round one for your boys? Um, well, I definitely think Giannis is coming back for sure. Uh, in the market, saying it too, they're they're five and a half point favorites right now. They were they closed two and a half without Giannis, so I think Giannis is coming back. The crazy thing to me though is Miami was the worst team in points per game this year. They scored the fewest points per game in the entire NBA. Who's scoring the most points in the playoffs right now? The Miami Heat. 
124 <laughs> points per game, man. They're shooting almost 60% from three. Um, you know, I know we like to joke around with Bud and how he lets open threes, but I mean, like these guys, they haven't been able to knock down threes all year. And we got Jimmy shooting, you know, I don't know what his exact number is at four for four, four for four last game. <laughs> 66% from three, man. This is a 23% free throw shooter, three, uh, three point shooter. You know what I mean? So, you know, am I concerned? Yeah. But how concerned? I don't know. Like they should win this series without Giannis, but it is a little concerning how lethargic they've been defensively. And like Jay Crowder, they trade all these second round picks. Like he can't even see the floor. He's been so awful. Like he can't knock down shots. He can't defend. Like he just doesn't know what's going on. Javon Carter, you know, this, for some reason, this dude just loves to like pull up and transition one on three and fucking <laughs> excuse my language and take threes like just boneheaded plays. Uh, game two, what they did really well was they ran through Brooke Lopez offensively and they really got him involved in because nobody can guard him inside, not even Bam. Like he can't defend; he's too small for for Brooke. And they went away from that in game two, but really or game three, but really what what flipped the entire game was. The Bucks went on a ten minute spurt from five minutes in the in the first quarter to about six minutes in the third quarter, where they only scored nine points, and that's when Miami kind of blew it open. Uh, Drew started off really well, and then he kind of cooled off, and Chris got in foul trouble, so he was off the floor, and it was just a disaster, man. I don't expect the Heat to play that well again. And so now, I, have a que- I have a question. Yeah, without Giannis. Who, who's creating leverage off the bounce with Milwaukee consistently? Drew. Consistently? Yeah, Drew was great in games uh, two and three. If it, I, don't, I, don't, I think Drew's the problem. No, I'm not saying it's the problem. I'm saying the issue is, no, I'm not saying it's the problem. Like, they, they can't create disadvantages. He's, He's just not going to do it at, 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 the, at, at enough of a rate. Yeah, okay. That yeah, they, yeah. That, that's the issue. He's going to do it, but like, it's like, him and Giannis doing it is good for him. You know, that's why they're able to be dominant with just those two doing it. But when you take out Giannis and the rate he does it and it's just Drew, it's like, you know, like there are times where I see them, like, you know, they go on the little run or they answer in Miami. Is Drew getting a tough basket into the rim, setting guys up. But it's like he can't do that enough times to yeah. where, you know, they can consistently keep it up. That's the problem. And I, th- I think Chris was doing it to some extent, too. He just got in foul trouble in game three and kind of like a uh, like really hampered what he was able to be aggressive. And then like he really couldn't couldn't do much because he was off the floor for a lot of time too. like he only played I think 29 minutes in the game in a game that should have been playing a lot more. But with that being said, I mean, Giannis has to come back. He was sitting there on the on the sidelines just like, bro, this. <laughs> They need me, bro. He's got to put on a Superman cape and get back out there because, yeah, man, this team is uh, defensively. I mean, this this last two games just shows you how great Giannis is defensively because without him on the floor, they look absolutely lost. That's how great he is, period. Yeah. <laughs> Both Especially is. defensively. Uh, So you two, you still got the Bucks pulling us out? Yeah, if Giannis comes yeah. tomorrow, they're going to – they're gonna win three in a row and close the series out. Okay. I, if Giannis comes back, I got the Bucks. If not, I got Miami. Kings. Bucks. Bucks are gonna win, but you know, in the way, I'm not shocked. I I think people gotta remember playoffs are always about matchups. 
Yeah. And for years now, the Heat have just matched up with the Bucks well in the playoffs, bro. I mean, even the sweep that they did, even the sweep that the Bucks had of the Heat, a lot of those games were tough. Um, Giannis played badly. It actually took Brain Forbes shooting lights out for them <laughs> to get that sweep. Um, Miami just plays them tough, bro. And they just play, they play them tough. Miami plays Miami just plays teams tough in the playoffs, period. I mean, regardless of how bad they look in the regular season, the Spo coach, Jimmy Butler, Miami team is just always gonna give teams free. Right. It's not it's never gonna be an easy series, no matter where you play them. So, you know, this is the Bucks. They're going to play this series. They're going to take the fight. They're going to take the lumps. But them getting through this series is really going to prepare them for the next series. I think you'll see the more dominant version of the Bucks if they the Bucks pass them Heat, obviously, because the Heat can beat the Bucks. But if they beat the Heat and they get to next year, I think you'll see the more dominant version of the Bucks against the Knicks. And you you know, I I got if the Bucks beat the Heat, and I think they'll beat them in six or seven. I can see this going seven for sure. Um, I think they beat the Knicks in five because the physicality of the Knicks is not going to phase the Bucks. The Bucks love to play physical, and the Bucks are just a better team. So you know, but the teams like the Heat, I mean, this is where you see the Bud coaching deficiency. I mean, Spo just coaches circles around Bud. Like it's not, it's never close ever. Um, you know, what I mean, even the sweep again, it was Bryn Forbes open looks from Giannis rim pressure. Like it wasn't, you know, Bud wasn't doing anything special. So. Um, it's, it's, True. it's like Coach Spur, Coach Spur just coaches circles around Bud. So I mean, it's gonna be a dogfight. But Giannis comes back, they they win. I think they could have won in seven without Giannis. Even it would have looked more uglier. But Giannis comes back. I got the Bucks in six. I think they can rattle the next three. All right, we'll see. Definitely gonna be fun. Um, last one, a little bit of a somber note, man. One of the most anticipated series kind of became a laugher. Uh, Kawhi's knee injury held him out again. Just I want your thoughts real quick before we get out of here, man. What 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 did the Clippers have to do next? Obviously, I don't think I think this series is over. Uh, three one. Even if Kawhi comes back, pulling off three in a row after sitting two games uh, would be tough. I mean, the t- first two games were so good. Bunch of superstars going back and forth. Um, so assuming that. You know, this ends 4-1, unless Westbrook pulls, you know, extends it with another great game. He's playing great, by the way. Shout out Westbrook. I'm sure he's earned himself another another contract. It was looking dicey for a minute. Somebody's going to throw him some throw him some uh, some bread. Um, what what do the Clippers do from here? In, in all seriousness, and I think anything's on the table personally. I just want to know what you guys think. Kings, I'll start with you. Where, where do the Clippers go from here? This, 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 is, uh, this is two years in a row. Three years, really. Kawhi goes down, middle of the series. Looked like he was playing the best ball of his career offensively against the uh, in that playoff run. Bang, these were Eagles, torn ACL. Skips all last year. They lose in the play-in to the Pelicans. Um, this year, they look like they're get, they get right. Kawhi outplays the Suns' big three, big four in game one. They go up 1-0 on the road. I don't even remember the play he got injured personally. Um, I, I can't even pinpoint it on film. People have put out a couple of clips speculating, but there's nothing concrete. Um, so I don't even know what it is. Now it looks ugly down 3-1. Uh, season likely over after the next game. Uh, what's next for the, the Clippers for, for you, bro? Hopefully Trey Paul George for uh, Carl Anthony Towns. That's what I hope. <laughs> <laughs> That um, you know, hey, I told somebody say Carl Towns, knowing his years, if he plays with Westbrook against the Suns, 
this series probably tied up right now. <laughs> they just need they just needed another player. You know what I'm saying? Another player with some caliber. So it's like, hey, it's like the thing with the 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 Clippers, bro. It's like both of these guys can't stay healthy at the same time, so they can't play together. And it's not yep. even because on court fit. It's from a availability standpoint because if one person's always missing, that puts a lot of strain on the other player when they're not there. And it's one of those things where neither of them are durable enough to withstand, you know, the other player not playing for extended amounts of time. I think it's been it's been so it's been years of evidence up with this now. Because when Kawhi went down, Paul George broke down. When Paul George went down, eventually Kawhi wears down. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's always one or the other. So it's like you can't have two, you can't have two uh stars that are injury prone. You need to, you can only deal with one, right? So they have to trade one of them. And obviously they won't trade Kawhi. You have to see what Paul George can give you while before it's too. I think it's I think it's good money with Westbrook right now. You got such good money with Westbrook in terms of what he, in fact that he's been able to show that he can play well on this team. With and he's available guys. and he's available. He's available. <laughs> so he's always going to play there, which is going to keep you in contention, which is what Bomber wants, right? And he can play well with Kawhi. I mean, him and Kawhi, a lot of people were felt comfortable picking them over the Suns, right? So it's like, you know, you just need another guy. And you can get that other guy if you trade Paul George, right? You can get possibly a Levine, a Levine. You can probably, you know, who knows how Jalen Brown is. I mean, if you tell the the Celtics, hey, Jalen Brown's frustrated, you want Jalen Brown for – you think the Celtics say no to that? Right. If Jalen Brown's frustrated and wants to leave and you be, and you come up to him and be like, hey, we can give you Paul George for Jalen. You think the Celtics say no to that? You can get something for Paul George if you right. want to. But you just have to make the decision to be like – and this work, and I, I think they just have to say nah, and they just have to find another guy. Good point. Ooh, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say like they gotta blow it up. I'm looking at their salary cap situation, and like they're in. Uh... Barber does not care, bro. Probably <clears throat> yeah, like, that's like, the like, money's not the money's literally not gonna it's not an issue. I thought it would be like there's a number, the money's not an issue. The problem it's, is, it's, is it makes the it difficult to yeah. sign players. Yeah. So and, yeah. Like, they're over the cap, so like they can't really go out and sign anybody. It's going to be difficult for them just to re-sign Russell Westbrook because they don't have his uh, they don't have his bird rights. So like, there's only so much they can offer him. You know what I mean? Oh, they can do CBA. Him. They can't give him the TPE huh, or the MLE. Can do CBA, right? Yeah. They, when you go so far with the cap, you can't get it. You don't have the MLE. Yeah. So they're. I think what you're going to see them do is those guys they sign to long-term deals, which are good pieces that teams do want. Yeah. Like the Rose, you know the. Um, all they have, the only players they can really trade though is Norman Powell, Kawhi, Paul George, Zubach, Man, Amir Coffey. Norman and Man, Norman and Man will fetch something. I think you want to keep Zubach, but Norman and Man will fetch something. Those are got those are coveted pieces. Marcus Morris, Batum, Covington—they're all unrestricted free agents. Uh, Eric, they won't, they, they won't bring those guys. But I don't think they'll bring those guys back. Yeah, so I mean, like, really, because their salary caps like basically all tied up. PG and Kawhi take up eighty percent of their cap. Yeah, and I mean, then, uh, yeah, I think they'll uh, like. I, I wouldn't trade Zubak, but you know, he's a cheap top ten center. Yeah, like back into the top ten center. So I mean, he'll have value. 
They got trade. They got trade one. Of, they got trade Paul George. I, I, I'm with Kings. Uh, probably not Kawhi uh, because but he's the, be- the better of the two. But if you're a team, though, are you really trading for Paul George? Given the fact that like he hasn't been able to play. But like I like I like who, I felt, who like am I, I who am who am I? That's what I'm saying. Who, who, where am I? Am I part of where my team is? Exactly. Uh, if I'm on the exactly. cusp, of, if I'm on the cusp of something, I I, I will take the shot. Like so, you, like. Like what? If, what if you like? What if he goes? What if you go to the Knicks? What if you go to the Cavs? What if you go? Yeah, The Celtics, who are like, we can't pay Jalen. I mean, we can pay Jalen Brown, but he doesn't really want to be here. Exactly. He's, yeah, he's like, if you go to them and ask them for like, they're not saying no to Paul George, bro. Like, they can't. Like, none of those teams can say no to. Him. I I get the Boston one, especially with if Jalen Brown does want out, but the Cavs, for example, like if. If you call the Cavs, call you, hey, what do you want for Paul George? Like, what are you giving them? That what do the Clippers want from the Cavs? Honestly, no, they they don't, and that's what I'm saying. They don't want much, but you can go to the Knicks too. The Knicks too. So what are you giving up? From, yeah, yeah. What, what would the Knicks give up? Well, they have the they have they have Knicks have picks from the you know the, they got a first from you the picks, you got you got you got RJ you got yeah. Randall you know what I mean like you got yeah. picks and Randall like you get the four that you wanted. On your team, you get the tough four who's going to be there, be durable, who's going to be there, who can give you star production. You get picks, some picks back. You know what I'm saying? Like it's teams that will want Paul George. Like if you, if they wanted to call up Minnesota and say, "Hey, we'll take Carl Anthony Towns for Paul George straight up," I'm pretty sure Minnesota will not say no to that trade. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 ways for them to get quality back that can fit the way they're constructed, that they can afford, and that will be on the floor. Exactly. Which will be on the floor is just do they have are they gonna do it? That's really what it comes down to. If they want to trade Paul George, they can get off Paul George. Like yeah. I'm not no oh, for not sure. sure. I'm just trying to see like a, a scenario that actually like works that where they yeah. get value equal value back. I don't think they get equal value in terms of the skill set and, and and the and the ceiling, but I think they get equal value in the terms of the availability and yeah. the floor. And it's just like you have that, you keep Russ, you keep your shooters. It's like you just need Kawhi to stay healthy and you have a t- contender. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just that type of thing. Yeah. I, I, I tend to I tend to agree with Kings here. I think it's time to get off one of them. Paul George probably probably the guy. Um you won't get the same caliber of player, but if you get a, a couple of good guys who are gonna play 65, 70 games and be available for a playoff run, I think you do it. Uh as far as Kawhi, man. I mean, he's already got a lot accomplished, so it's not gonna be like he's the biggest what if story. Like that's like Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill. Like he's not that bad, you know. But based can, on where we've seen him at his peaks, I, I feel like there's a lot of meat left on the bone for his career. If that makes sense, like from, like the the gap between where he where he is and where he could have been all time, based on where we saw him at his peaks, maybe one of the biggest in NBA history. But he's accomplished a lot, so I'm not gonna say the biggest what if ever. Because that's your, you know, your Grand Hills, Pennies, you know, guys of that right. nature. But yeah, the gap right. between where he was and where he we he could have been, yeah, is big to me. Probably he, he like probably yeah. top ten, top fifteen talent, and probably gonna finish closer to like top thirty, top thirty five. Let me ask yeah, you, top, this. top ten talent, yeah. yeah. Do you think his knees his knees are just like absolutely cooked? Well, it says a spray, but they they were like they hit the tear last year. I'm not saying it's a tear this time, but it just seems awfully fishy that we can't find the moment on film 
I wonder if it's something, it's something accumulative, you think, Kings, like wear and tear? But he did he look bad or not. He does have the, the knee tendon, uh, tendinopathitis situation, the long-term chronic knee issue. I think it's a combo of the fact that he's hurt himself. I think it's just Balmer understanding that. Balmer, yeah, people got to remember, Balmer is willing to spend money, but he comes from the Microsoft, Bill Gates, stock market type of mindset. Like, I invested in Kawhi Leonard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I invested in getting this stadium. I understand if I have Kawhi Leonard. Like, he saw it. Kawhi Leonard and Russ were going toe-to-toe with the Suns, bro. Yeah. Kawhi yeah. and Russ by, were, by them, were going to – he saw it. So, he's like, let's not kill Kawhi's body. Right. <laughs> he has left. Let's not kill it on something that we can't go all the way because Paul George can't play. Kind of shut him down. Go in the offseason. We'll see if we want to change coaching staff. <clears throat> I mean, we'll see who we want to move off, whether it be Paul George to see if we can get another star. And let's re-sign Russ because he look, you saw the production Russ gave you. You can re-sign him for a very affordable deal relative to his production with the players around him. Russ is going to elevate Zubak because you already know Russ always elevates the big. Ask Anthony Davis. I know AD was mad at Russ, but AD was eating when Russ was there. <laughs> Russ always makes the bigs look better. So it's like there's something there, and it's just where Balmer is like, man, I can't can't risk the future for like a five percent chance, right? This year. You know right. what I'm saying? Also, the other the business part of it, you know, it helps going into a new arena with a franchise player. Yep, exactly. You know what I mean, like you got something to sell, put on a marquee, reason for people coming to game. So I think that also matters. Also, why Kawhi isn't going anywhere. We got a franchise player, we got a Hall of Famer, we got players around him, but we can actually right. compete. You, you, it's it's way people understand the whole quiet thing, and that's the reason why he's there. It's beyond it's beyond competing for champions. Right, <laughs> right. Like, this is literally a business. The Clips right. are a business. They're literally like a stock market team. All right, good stuff, guys. Make sure you follow RIP Kings, bro, on Twitter. Make sure you follow Jordan Rules TSP uh, again. Shout out to Jordan. He's the one who blessed us with the video clips uh, that you guys are loving. Uh, so, man, tomorrow, Lakers, Grizzlies, and Bucks Heat tomorrow. Yep. Man, Bucks Heat's going yep. line. I don't think you can go down 3 1. Bucks, uh, I, I really think the Lakers put a stranglehold on the Grizzlies tomorrow. We'll see. Um, man, oh. One thing I do want to bring up before we get out of here, um, I told these guys this before recording. I was in uh, SoCal for AAU tournament. Had three different complete strangers come up to me talking about how much they love the pod. Man, I definitely appreciate that. I shared that with these two guys. Uh, they appreciated it. Please keep tapping in with us, man. Hit that follow, subscribe button. Give us feedback. We love it. We uh, we just, we, we, we really enjoy, you know, connecting once a week, talking some hoop, and then putting it out to y'all to, to consume. So that is a true joy. We appreciate that you guys love it. And we're going to keep trucking. Uh, with that said, you guys be safe. And we are out of here.